Like, I would love for more people to come and experience this. And you know, I mean, this whole purpose of this podcast is to understand like the intersection between community and purpose is where the good life is found. Like to do something significant for the kingdom with people that you love and care for, like that intersection is like the beautiful spot. That's the sweet spot to be. And to say like somebody reached out to you, like had the courage to invite you into a new space and to know that like walking in, because it is so hard to foster a space that doesn't like immediately go to inside jokes. Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to the Community and Purpose podcast. I am Austin, and we have a special privilege today. Usually, this is where I would say, uh, I'm Austin, I'm here with my wife, Callie, uh, but I'm here with somebody a little different today. I'm here with a good friend of mine, his name is Jack, and uh, Man, if you guys could meet Jack, you would uh, he would have a lot of stories about me. That's 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 what we're gonna go with. And uh, we are actually recording this podcast in sunny San Diego, and it is uh, hotter than heck out here. We were they, we were told it's supposed to only get up to like seventies. This was like the beautiful best weather in the whole world, but it's been literally upper eighties. We're here for a friend's wedding. And uh, just thought I'd sit down and have a conversation. We've known each other for about 20 years. Um, Jack and I have done ministry together. Uh, we have done lots of wilderness camping together. We've done some survival trips, some of them more successful than others. We have survived on yeah, all of them. That's about all we can claim at this <laughs> moment. Um, Jack's currently in the medical field. And uh, what, do you, what do you do in the medical field? Um, I am a clinic manager. Ooh, that uh, sounds pretty impressive. Sounds, yeah, it's uh, it's very not impressive. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we're actually uh, we're we're moving back down to the cities. We're up in Duluth right now, okay. um, and uh, we're moving back down to the cities. And I just got a new job, and so I'm now uh, clinic director. Oh, there you <laughs> so, go. <laughs> moving get, up in the world. <laughs> gotta get some new business cards, I guess. <laughs> No, I, uh, it's just been fun. Uh, Jack and I have been friends for a while and, uh, you know, he moves to Duluth a couple hours away from us and just relationships look different. But then come down here for a buddy's wedding. It's just amazing. Just pick up right where we left off. And, uh, in our conversations, I just thought it'd be great to sit down and just chat with you here about, uh, life. Um, you just mentioned that there's just, um, just a love of community and obviously you guys moved to Duluth, right? And you move basically, six minutes before the pandemic hit. <laughs> yeah. So tell me tell yeah. me a little bit about that process. What was it like when you were moving out of and kind of bring, bring yourself to where that was at? Yeah, yeah. So um, February of 2020 is when we moved up to Duluth. and um, <laughs> Perfect yeah, timing. Perfect timing. Um, do it all over again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we, we moved up there kind of just looking for an adventure. And, you know, we had a young family. We had, a, at the time, we had a uh, two and a three-year-old. Um, actually, no, one and two-year-old. Sorry. Um, and yeah, we were just kind of ready for the next step um, yep. in career, in life, and family. And um, and so we found an awesome house up there. Uh, my family was closer to Duluth than than my wife's family, but um, yeah, when so we were there for three weeks before the pandemic hit. And um, I mean, our community has always been through church, and so. We were excited about getting in there and getting plugged into a church and finding a church and yeah. um, and it just all shut down yeah. um, everything and so it was shut down for uh, uh, churches for a year. I yeah. mean, they were virtual. Um, yeah. You know, Duluth was definitely more cautious than some of the other areas, and so so yeah, we literally 
lost all community. Yeah. I mean, we did not have any friends outside of family. And, um, and my wife was, was looking for jobs, but then, um, like a lot of families in, in during COVID, we, we had another kid. Yeah. Um, we yeah. just decided, lock, why not, right? Lock lovebirds together <laughs> yes. and they make more birds, right? Yes. It's just how it works. Yep. Um, and so, so we had a, we had a third join the family. She just turned one, um, uh, last week, week ago. So um, that means you have a three-year-old, two-year-old and a one-year-old? Uh, four, three and one. Four, oh yeah, yeah. That's way yeah. better. <laughs> yes. We got that year buffer in between yeah, those two. It's beautiful. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just a breeze. Yeah, you guys are busy. Yeah. Um, and so honestly, that's like my wife and I joke kind of, you know, in the midst of tears, um, yeah. that our community is toddlers yeah. and I mean, it's just, we don't have anything else. And so, and then it's just strange cause like our community has morphed into just our family, which yeah. creates all kinds of problems. Yeah. You know, when you don't have that person to be able to, um, just separate yourself with and, yeah. you know, joke, laugh, talk about whatever stories, um, you know, it, that outside it, opinion, I mean, exactly to give you like a separate perspective, you know, like that, that other opinion that is like unbiased and yeah. somebody can look in completely from the outside, no family ties, no like history really. Like that's a really, that's a significant thing for sure. Yeah. I mean, we could sit here right now and you could say something to me that is deep, you know, potentially, uh, harsh, truthful, hmm. and I'm going to take it and I'll probably be mad for, you know, a, a little bit, Couple but then, years. I mean, two, four, five years. Um, <laughs> but, I, but then I'm going to realize like you have no skin in the game. Hmm. Like there's nothing behind it. Like you are yeah. just saying it as a friend. Um, you know, whereas if it's coming from your family, it's like there's strings attached all over the place, right. you know, like even if it is 100% um, truthful and, yeah. and, you know, no intentions behind it, you're immediately, your perception is, is reality. It's crazy sure. how that, I mean, it's crazy how just like history and like previous experience and whatever like happens. Cause obviously like that only goes so far. Like mm -hmm. I can have this conversation with you that I'm, I'm about to have some harsh things I like true right now. <laughs> no, Now's but, the time. Yeah. But you know, like, like if it, if I've been harsh, like consistently, or there's been things that have happened consistently in the past, it obviously changes that. But going back to what you were talking about with like landing in Duluth, new house, new job, new everything, trying to plug into community, excited about being a part of a church, the world shuts down. The interesting thing I think we're finding in 2022, almost 2023, as we are now walking out of three years of COVID, not only did it shut down for a year, but it changed the paradigm of mm -hmm. people and relationships probably for, for a generation. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, going, it's shifted the way people are interacting with one another, the way people are look like it has just like solidified friends groups and like it has just drawn either things in or pushed things away and drawn lines in the sand I find all over the place. And so even now at 2022, two and a half years in, everything's back open again, like there's still a challenge with getting plugged into a church community. It's still mm -hmm. a challenge with getting plugged into friendship because a lot of things have changed even outside and after everything has shut down. Yeah. No, and, and it's it's almost like now, for myself at least, I'm searching for the community that I used to have. Like, because mm -hmm. I just am like, I, I don't even know. I, I'm 
I want to meet the person that like has found community in the midst of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. I just don't know don't how that was there. even possible. Yeah. Um, you know, and sure. so, so that's kind of where we're at now. We we're moving back to the cities. Yeah. Um, and it, it, my wife and I have just really for the last year just felt like, okay, well we have everything that, that we want except community. And hmm. But that's been that. That is literally making us decide to move and buy a house in literally the worst time in the last twenty years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. um, and so, but it's worth it. Like mm-hmm. we're we are we've made that decision. We're ready to um, to be able to be closer to friends. Um, we'll be a little bit further away from family, but um, you know we we're excited about that too because then we feel like our family time is going to be way more intentional. Hmm. Um, right yeah. now, it's like, oh, everyone, we have nothing else to do. Yeah, let's hang out, you know. Right. And um, and so I think that that is what is really what we've been missing and what we're looking forward to, um, that all of our friends and, and community is in that area um, and, and that we're going to be able to move back to that. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think, it's, I think it's a big thing. I mean, I just want to say, like, props to you for being willing to rip the bandaid off because I think that a lot of times people are living in this loneliness, living in this isolation, living in this place and space of like, there is a deficit. Mm -hmm. Um, what you're saying is there's a deficit in relation relationships. And what you're saying is, is there's actually, there's no career and no home and no comfort level. That's worth the loneliness. That's Mm -hmm. worth the isolation. And I think there's a lot of people that are living in that space that are like, well, just because I move closer to friends or I move you know, closer to community, like, well, maybe they've moved on too. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and it's hard to rip that bandaid off and to say, yeah, actually, it's totally worth it. And like, what I hear you saying is, is it's totally worth it for you guys. And there's no question in your mind that buying a house in the most inflated market that we've seen in 25 years. And then also to say like, well, it's still worth it. Like, it's just, it's just money and it's just location and it's just yeah. a house, but like relationships. Ironically, we were at the wedding yesterday and the pastor, um, I didn't have to do the wedding. I was just in it, which was amazing. Yes. I just like sitting there. Nice? It was great just to stand there and <laughs> just yeah, be in the moment and to be able to just be there to support and whatever. But his message I thought was pretty timely, um, ironically enough. Yes. It was about time. And he, he was just mentioning like we can, we can make more money and we can get different houses, but the most scarce resource we have is time. And none of us know how much we have. Mm-hmm. And yet, like, to to do an investment in time in other people never returns void. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang. Like, mm-hmm. like, the way that he, like, scoped it and just, like, as an investment is that you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. Like, so literally the most deep and valuable thing that you can do for people is to give them your time to give them your attention, to give them your, your moments and to share experiences together. And I love, I love that that's what you're doing. Uh, you, I'm going to circle back just a minute. You said, I, I, we want to go and find the community that we once had. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. I think that sometimes it's easy for us to believe that everybody has or is naturally drawn to the same things or is experiencing the same things. But I think that what you're talking about is that you maybe thought that, and then have realized that maybe that's not the, that's not the norm. Mm-hmm. So tell me about like, when you say like, I wanted to go back to what we once had in, in the area of community. Tell me about your experience before that. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we've kind of done a little bit of everything. Like, yeah. you know, you and I, we've, we were part of Monday nights, you know, for basically three years straight, you yeah. know, at every single Monday night. Um, we've done some small group stuff with, you know, smaller community that was a little bit more structured, but, um, but more than anything, it was just more spontaneous for the moment. Like, you know, Hey, what are you guys doing this Friday? And if, you know, in a group text and, yeah. you know, seven of the nine people were like, yeah, I'm not doing anything. Let's go have a fire or hang out. And, yeah. um, and especially for, for my wife and I, in our stage of life, like it is pretty much all toddlers. So yeah, if we sure. don't fight for adult conversation and connection, yeah. I mean, it, that's a, it's a downward spiral pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, and so, so that, I mean, that is the community that we we once had, and that's the community that we were looking for when we went to Duluth. Hmm. Um, we joined a small group about a year in, and both my wife and I got in the car right after, um, you know, the, the two hours, and we're like, yeah, that wasn't it. <laughs> like, yeah. that wasn't it. It's hard to put a finger on what that was, but, um, but yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't what we were looking for. We was went it, a couple more weeks. Was and, there anything you felt like in that moment? Was there anything, like, you could pinpoint and say, like, it was missing this, like what, like when you look at what was happening there, like, was there a certain like characteristic of the group that you felt like, yeah, that's, that's not what I was looking for. Or that's, this is what it felt like. Anything like that? Yeah. It, um, I mean, I think there was a couple different things. The main one is there was no vulnerability. Um, I just kind of felt I, as I was looking around the room and, um, you know, and this is, I mean, all from, from outside looking in all godly humans, um, yeah. you know, definitely, uh, nice down to earth. Um, but it just like the, yeah, the group just was not, I mean, it just looked like everyone had a wall up yeah. and I was like, when I'm coming into a space, like that's one of those first things that I'm looking for yeah. is the, like, can I break in? And mm -hmm. you know, it's like, yeah. just, you can sense it. You can just totally. sense it when it comes, when you get into a group and no one's trying too hard, no one's putting on a front, no one is, you know, uh, they're just real. And, yeah. um, and that's exactly what I look for every time. I mean, that's what I look for when I go to churches, yeah. when, you know, when we're, we're hunting for anything, it's mm -hmm. like, are these people real? Yeah. Because if they're real, I'm in, um, but I'm not gonna, you know, I don't want to be somebody that I'm not. And yeah. so, um, yeah, you know, so that was kind of that main thing in that group. And, and that's what, you know, when, when we say like the community we once had, I mean, I think that that is something that I've learned is that is not the norm, like the vulnerability, the, um, you know, pick up right where you left off, even if you haven't seen each other yeah. in two years, um, you know, and that comes with the, the sure. vulnerability. Like if yeah. you're not open and you're not honest and with yourself and with others, you're not going to get it. Yeah, and I, I think I think it's the I think it's the currency of our day. Mm -hmm. I think authenticity is the currency of our day. I think that people have been sold a bill of goods for a really long time, mm -hmm. and I think that now people are are like walking into this place like like I'm not interested in the shiniest, flashiest, coolest thing. I'm looking for real. I'm looking for authenticity. And and the crazy thing is is that we've seen so much of the other thing that we know it immediately when we see it. Mm -hmm. And I, I like to call it kind of the, the porcelain Christian smile. 
you know, that moment where you, you can just tell like, yeah, I'm going to say the right things and, and walk through the right motions, but I can just tell that it's empty on the backside. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just truly believe that authenticity is the currency um, of our day and people are just looking for it. Yeah. And, and that's and that's what solidified people to move into the the spaces of comfort where they once found it. I mean, it's why you're moving back. Yeah, is to say not that it doesn't exist there, but like it was so hard to find it, and it went so long that eventually it was like, okay, but this isn't the norm. Everybody isn't experiencing this, so let's go back to the basics and back to where we once found it. I think is a, I think is a really really big deal. So yeah, and and I think there's a there's kind of a stigma around you know, especially in the Christian world around like going back to that comfort. Hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I don't know why, I, I really don't know why we, we feel like we can't, you know, um, Oh, you're going, you're going back to your home church. Like, you know, like, Oh, you're going back to that little church over there. Yeah. Um, you know, where everyone looks the same or, you know, like, I think, I think that that is just the world we live in right now. There's sure. so much pressure to, um, you, you know, like to be, accepting on the outside like by by looking you know you got to look different you know there's got to be just a ton it can't just be the salt and pepper hairs you know across the congregation it's like well i mean you look back in scripture i mean those those communities did gravitate towards each other um and there and there was nothing wrong with that um and there's there's diversity in the whole yeah like there's diversity in the greater whole and i think that sometimes we think that that every like every sect of the body of christ has to be equally diverse yeah and like yes that would be great like i think that you know whatever we want to talk about heaven like i think heaven is going to be that perfect like mix of great diversity but also understanding that there is there's diversity more than the outside. Mm-hmm. There's diversity on more levels than we can even fathom. And so like understanding that we are diverse just by like you and I are diverse from one another by the way that we think and the way that we experience life and the way that we see the world and the things that we prioritize. You know, like there's just an infinite number of diversities that we have within one another. And yet we've got like the big, the big four or whatever you want to call them, the the things that everybody's looking for. I think that's a great, I think it's a great point because you look, you do, you look at scripture and you say that it was a community and they naturally gravitated towards one another. I mean, that's human nature. And I think we, we fight that and we say, everybody's welcome. Yes. Like, it's not that you can't, you can't come in. Yeah. Like it's that you can't have a melting pot of, of diversity in one community, but also not saying that like, if it's not completely diverse across every line and every space, that it's not good. I think it's a, I think it's a fabulous point. Yeah, no. And, and I don't think I've ever been in, you know, looking at the community that we're going back to. Um, I, we have never had a period of time where we're like, nope, this is a closed door, right. you know, like, yeah. um, and, and so that, that's another thing that I, I long for hmm. is that, you know, yeah, we're going to meet on Monday nights and whoever wants to show up can show up, you know, like we'll be here. And, um, and yeah. And I think that that's, you know, like for growing up and when we work together and, and, you know, basically spent every waking minute with each other for that one summer, like that, I think you and Callie have, have, uh, fostered that open door and, you know, the, we're going to be here. There'll be food on the table. Yeah. All are welcome. Show up. And um, and I think that that right there, like that welcoming um, atmosphere um, is that also isn't normal. <laughs> um, you know, I, I when we went to the small group in Duluth, 
it was definitely in, I was in, we were invited, which, and we felt that invitation. Um, But when we got in there, it was, yeah, it was hard to break through except for the one person that invited us. And I thought, I think that they had it. Yeah. Um, But then everyone else in the group is, you know, like we were just strangers. Yeah. And um, what a hard balance. You know, like you think of that, like you think about how difficult it is to break into a new group. And then also how difficult it is for you to be the one who invited somebody into a new group. And like, like, I just think about like our community and how much we love each other and love being there. And just to say like, like, I would love for more people to come and experience this. And you know, I mean, this whole purpose of this podcast is to understand like the intersection between community and purpose is where the good life is found. Like mm-hmm. to do something significant for the kingdom with people that you love and care for, like that intersection is like the beautiful spot. That's the sweet spot to be. And to say like somebody reached out to you, like had the courage to invite you into a new space and to know that like walking in, because it is so hard to foster a space that doesn't like immediately go to inside joke. Mm-hmm. immediately into like you and i've known each other for 20 years mm-hmm. and like to invite somebody else in and to say like okay well you and i we got to be aware of the fact that we're going to know exactly what we're going to say right after this happens <laughs> because we've just been doing it for 25 years you know and to be aware of that i think that there um that's a greater conversation but i do think that specifically inside of the christian community sphere i think we have a, a pretty significant deafness to self-awareness Oh, yeah. Like a deafness to just like reading a room and like creating hospitality and creating an environment where like at any given moment, anybody who walks in the door experiences the exact same amount of community. Mm -hmm. That everybody is welcome. Everybody's involved in the conversation to create spaces for everyone to share. I think that's a that's a really, really significant piece. So, yeah. And, 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 you know, I think that my youth ministry days, like or the, is the reason why I am aware of that. Like, you know, in youth ministry, it's always like, where is that kid that's standing over on the yeah. side of the wall and not engaged in the game or the, yeah. you know, conversation or, and, you know, like when you have youth leaders, like that is their one job, right. like find that kid, bring them into the party. Yep. And so, uh, but that's a lot of people have never lived that life. Like, sure. and so, or a lot of people were that kid. Right. And they never had somebody that brought them in. Yeah. And so I was um, that kid. And so then, I mean, it's just like, why would you be intentional about that if you felt that, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, it's just that spiral and that, 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 um, yeah, it just goes down. Cause, um, you, cause you look, cause yeah, I look at your, like your training, like your like ministry world, like you spend time with young life. Mm-hmm. I think young life does, does that better than any organization I've ever seen. I mean, I, I've never been involved in young life. Literally. I've never, I've never been to a club. I've never been to their camp, like never mm-hmm. ever done any of that. And yet I know their vision. Like I know that their whole purpose is to, to earn the right to share Jesus with people. Mm-hmm. I think that across the board, if the church did that to earn the right, instead of being like this, like expectation, like I have the right to share Jesus with you. Ooh, man, it would just change. It would change everything. And like to know that you, you have had that, like that idea and that space to know that like, it's so important to earn that right before. And I think that's that space with communities just to say like, come and be who you are and we're going to be who we are. And like, we're just going to hope at some point that we can share Jesus with you and share community and share life. And it's going to be messy. It's always messy. Our relationship's been messy. Mm -hmm. There's been seasons where you and I have had it out and like, but like, it's just like you said earlier, it's just always worth it. So Mm -hmm. I absolutely love that. 
I want to pivot. So we are community and purpose. Mm -hmm. So talking about that intersection, you're talking about moving back to the cities when you're talking about community. Mm -hmm. And so like we are going for that thing, but also you have dabbled in many different things. I mean, (laughs) you've been, you've been in full-time ministry, you've been part-time ministry, you've been in the medical field. I mean, you have been all over the place. And so when I think about purpose, we talk about macro purpose, micro purpose. So there's a macro purpose of, I think that you have a similar wiring to me that your, your fundamental macro purpose is to further the kingdom of God on the planet. I think that's the calling of all Christians. I think that's the macro purpose. And then we all inside of that have this micro purpose. You're a husband, you're a dad, you're a son, you're a friend. But then you also have this piece of, for sure, in American culture, where a big portion of our purpose is tied up in what we do for a living, yep. what is tied up in our career path. And so walk me through, like, how do you, how do you allow, I mean, you say, I'm in the medical field. I'm, I'm moving up to a director level. Like, oh, it's super glamorous. Like, isn't that cool? You know, like, it's just like you have a nine to five job that you go to, and yet I know from our conversations that you understand that there's a greater purpose to you being in that space. And I tend to believe that the most fertile ground, the greatest place to further the kingdom is outside of the church. Yeah. I think that you have an impact and you have a ministry and you have conversations and abilities to reach and meet people that would never walk through the front doors of the church that I lead. They would never walk through the doors of any church, and yet what they get to see in you is Jesus. How do you how do you walk through that? How do you discern that? How do you balance? Because obviously you're not going to be like walking around with the water cooler, laying hands on people and praying for people and putting on a worship service, and you're not doing worship nights. So like, you yeah, know, those, that's just Tuesdays. Yeah, um, Tuesday mornings to do that. <laughs> but like, how does it look for you? Yeah, well, it's um, I mean, it is. It's been the most challenging. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's a honestly a daily conversation with myself on is this where I'm called to be? Hmm. You know, what, what's the difference between, uh, vocation and calling? How do those, you know, yeah. um, intersect and, um, and really, I mean, honestly, I still, I, I do struggle with w- outside of sharing Christ with others. Like, what is my purpose? You know, where, where is that? Um, and you know, even in this season, um, we, I've talked with Casey a few different, my wife, a few different times, um, on, do I go back into ministry? You know, um, there's been a few different offers that I've had on the table of, you know, campus pastors, things like that. Um, now I struggle with that because, you know, when you leave ministry, your life does change. And, you know, um, and I, I have struggled the last couple of years of, I mean, just my faith and, you know, like, how do I, now it's not my job anymore. So how do I live that out? Um, and you know, having it as your job is also a challenge because yep. it you it it blurs the lines of your personal relationship with Christ and yep. everything else. Right. Um, but uh, but no, I think in in my workplace, um, I, I mean, the nice thing is is you know usually when I'm new to a scene, people ask where have you been? You know, what did you do before this? Yep. Like, it's a pretty big bomb dropping when I say that I was in youth ministry for seven years before. Yep. Right. for healthcare yeah. and just the, and my undergrad is in youth ministry and family counseling. Like that's, right. that's my undergrad. And, and so the, really the one thing I love that you, that you brought up the earn, earn the right to be heard. Like that's what I use in, in my workplace. Yeah. Our titles bring us to the table. Like our titles earn us a spot at the table. It does not earn us the right to 
that our words are any more important than anyone else. And that has been a paradigm shift for my teams. Um, They haven't had super strong leaders before I showed up and they were just expecting me to come and be a bull in a China shop like all their previous leaders. And my teams, I have, um, I, I mean, I have most of my team members have been with Essentia at their workplace for 20 plus years. And so they, I mean, it was, it was definitely shocking to them that I brought that in. And, um, I think that my, one of those avenues that I try to work my way into a point where I can share Jesus, um, is through authenticity, authenticity and joy. Like those are the two, like, they just see that there's something different about me. Yeah. Um, you know, the positivity, the encouragement, enthusiasm, like that's how I feel like I can have that door open. And it honestly has worked. I, I got to first time I've ever had this happen, but been in healthcare for five years now. And one of my team members who was a medical assistant, so she went to church for the first time, like a few months Um and she came in my office and was like, hey, can we just talk about something not work related? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, open door. Mm. And she's like, I just accepted Christ. Wow. And I was wondering if you could pray. And wow. I literally was in my office. That's like goosebumps, so, dude. That's so like, talking about the wow. water cooler, That's I did actually get yeah. to, to uh, lay hands on her and, and pray for her. Yeah. And literally the storm that she was about to walk into. Yeah. Wow. She, unbelievable. Huh. She, both parents terrible health one passed away um yeah just been wow. crazy and so um but it, it was uh yeah I, I don't know it was wild it really was and um and so I kind of feel like those are those moments where um you know in the workplace you always talk about like wouldn't it be sweet someday in heaven you you get there and huh. somebody else is there and they're yeah. like I'm here because of you, you know, or what you said. Yeah. I'm like, you know, so that's kind of one of those little things that I just try to keep in the back of my mind of like, who knows, who knows, you know, every interaction, um, it could be minor. It could be massive. Yeah. You have no idea the, what the ripple is going to be. For sure. I mean, I think that's such a big, I think it's a big deal. What comes to my mind whenever I think about like this idea of marketplace, like, being on mission. Like we talk about at our church that we're going to go directly. So our final step in our process of like, as you follow Jesus, like we want you to, we want you to worship differently. It's not just consumption, but it's, you know, like it might just be passing through you. It's just, you're a conduit for that. And then to grow intentionally. And then finally, once you have grown to then go directly to find a mission field, whether it be your neighborhood, um, your supermarket, your coffee shop, your business, whatever. And when I think about the idea of just being in the marketplace, being in the, the secular space, is I just continually am reminded of the scripture where it talks about the aroma of Christ mm-hmm. or it talks about the fragrance of Christ where like it is so, it's so subtle and like the subtleness of the fragrance of Christ is really how people experience it. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not this in your face billboard, like pounding down the door anyway. Like it's, it's genuine. Like when you think about aroma, you think about fragrance, like it is subtle, like but you know it when you smell it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like you know what your mom's house smells like on Thanksgiving. 
Like you can remember what your grandma's basement smelled like, you know, like you can, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of those fragrances, you know, a little pungent, but like you, you know what your favorite coffee shop smells like, you know, a coffee in the morning, you know what your, your wife smells like, you know what your kids smell like, you like, you know, those aromas and to understand that the aroma of Christ really is authenticity. Mm-hmm. It really is getting a seat at the table and earning the right to be heard. Yeah. You know, it is, it's the joy. It's the, it's the way to persevere through difficult circumstances. Like you've been walking through some health issues and yet I would believe that people watching you walk through health issues was different than any way they've seen somebody else walk through it. Other people just have no hope. They have no like hope for a future. There's no joy there. It's just like totally sucked out of the room. And yet for me to have watched you to know, like you have this hope and you have this thing that is greater uh, than this life. I just think that it's so beautifully said what you're talking about is to your title gets you to the table mm-hmm. and then you earn the right to be heard at that space. I think that's a big deal. Yeah. No, matter no and it, it is always, um, you know, like just a shocker to people. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, it's so simple. Um, but you know, we've, we've just been told for so long that, you know, everyone's opinions matter, which they do yep. like that as absolutely the truth, but it doesn't just mean you just come grandstand it right yep. off the bat. Um, but that is where we've come to as a culture. Yeah. Just because uh, your opinion doesn't mean you deserve a soapbox for it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, with social media, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, your, your posts, mm-hmm. like they go immediately and everyone that you think reads them, reads them. And, yep. um, and so we've just morphed that into our daily lives. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's a, you know, it, it definitely is not a, uh, something that hasn't ever happened before, you know, like, I mean, but we've, we've just, it's become something that isn't usually done and talked about. And, and it, would, it would change, it would change the way we interact with people. If we literally walked into every conversation, looked at every social media post that we're about to click send on every text message we sent, every word that we spoke publicly, if we literally looked at it through the, the filter of saying, I am earning the right to share. Yeah. And so rarely does it happen on a public broad spectrum. Mm-mm. Like if you're going to earn the right, you can't earn it on social media. No, you can't earn the right to share something authentic with a person when a thousand people are looking at it or a 500 people. I think that earning the right happens across boardroom tables, mm-hmm. across dinner tables, across coffee tables. Like that is where that's where the earning the right to be heard begins. And man, I, I love what you're doing. I love that you're in the medical field, like it gave me goosebumps hearing you talk about a gal who like, she just knew. So she like decided to follow Jesus and she knew that you were somebody who followed Jesus and like you, you didn't lead her to Christ. You weren't like in her face. You weren't like doing any of that, but you were there and you were a support system. And then you had the, you had earned the right to pray with her. And then you had, you had earned the right to be able to walk with her as her family walked away, like had passed away and Mm -hmm. went through struggles. And man, I, I think our world would be so, so different if we understood that our marketplaces and our grocery stores and our favorite coffee shop is is a mission field that God's called us to. Not in a wear your favorite Jesus t-shirt and hold up a billboard that's turn or burn, but like to yeah. genuinely go up there and know your barista's name and to ask her how her week is going and to when you go in the next day, hey, how'd, that, how'd your medical appointment go? How's your dad doing? Like, mm-hmm. man, how, how's that? How's your college classes going? Like, thank you. Appreciate it. Smiles. A nice tip, you yeah. know, like just the really subtle things. And so, man, I see it all over you and 
I am one of the people who gets to benefit from moving back to the city. So, um, <laughs> sorry, you so family, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm, uh, sorry. I'm not sorry. Yeah, you know, exactly. like just really, really excited to do like daily life with you and your kids and your family, like just really, really excited about that. And to plug you back into really, yeah, just that daily, uh, that daily interaction and that opportunity. Hey, anybody want to get together for dinner this Tuesday, whatever, yeah. you know, kind of do that. And so, man, it's been fun catching back up with you these last couple of days. And, um, unfortunately it's been super hot and <laughs> armpit of America. Oh my gosh, San Diego. <laughs> yeah. It is crazy hot, but, um, no, it's been great, man. And, uh, I appreciate you just sharing, uh, what you've been doing and what you've been looking forward to. And I just want to say to everybody, like we say it all the time, that community is messy, but it's always worth it. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that, um, I think that Jack, I think you're a perfect example of that. Um, and just understanding that, that there are, there are, there are, uh, lean seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that there are, lean seasons often lead to fruitful seasons and there is winter, summer, spring, fall of every, of every relationship. And just knowing that, man, I just feel like, I feel like spring's coming for you, mm-hmm. you know, and I feel like you guys have walked really faithfully through winter. Um, and to know that you're coming into spring and just that you're, there's fruit that's going to be growing and summer comes, um, and I'm pumped to be a part of it. Um, but, uh, for you guys, just, I just say like, um, if you're feeling lonely, um, do something, hmm. find a way. Um, cause maybe, maybe it's in the next small group. Maybe, yeah. maybe it is in the next invitation. Maybe it's at the next dinner that authenticity and vulnerability breaks through. Um, and it doesn't always work and it is messy, but I truly believe um, that there is a moment, a tipping point where the dam will break and uh, there can be an influx of, of life and community and great purpose and just an amazing uh, life that we've all been looking for. And so I just want to encourage you, if you've been in a lean season, to know that I believe that there's, uh, there is a, a summer coming for you. And so just continue to, to push into that, find ways to do that. Uh, it might require some apologies, some forgiveness, um, but just knowing that there is opportunity uh, to break in. And so uh, we hope that you guys are uh, having an amazing day. Again, just so grateful that you'd spend a few minutes with us today, uh, wherever you're at. If we can be of any service to you, uh, know that we'd love to connect with you. You can connect with uh, my wife, Callie, and I on social media. And uh, we'll probably put Jack's information in the show notes as well. Just, I mean, I know you're big on getting followers. So we'll oh, see you know, I think everybody should go like, follow. share, follow, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if something that was said today, honestly, if it if it is a value to you, and you think maybe there's somebody else in uh, in your life in your world that could benefit from it, we'd uh, we'd be so honored if you'd share this with them um, and shoot out a, a quote or whatever. But uh, have an amazing rest of your Thursday, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys in a couple weeks. Have a good one. See you guys.